With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Into Hour 2, it's Hail Varsity Radio. We're presented by Currency. For all your equipment financing needs, go Currency. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal can find us uh, on air. Uh, across the Hale Varsity Radio Network and on socials, KFOR Facebook and KFOR Twitter, Hale Varsity Radio at HVarsity Radio on Twitter is where you find that. Watch the show on all those platforms as well as the Hale Varsity YouTube channel. Uh, Omaha's uh, very own Evan Bland, Omaha World Herald, joins us at Evan Bland OWH on Twitter. Evan, are you bundled up? How you doing? Yeah, Snowmageddon uh, 2.0, you know, whether that's zero inches like it seems to be or something turns into it, uh, ready to roll. Good for you. Uh, Snowshoes are on. (laughs) You are going to stow away in the equipment bag. I know you. And you're going to find your way down to uh, San Diego, man. Good for you. I, I hope. I hope you can stow your way down to San Diego with Husker baseball getting going here this weekend. I wish. Yeah, I mean, it would be, you know, that the weatherman job out there is the easiest in the world, right? 70s and, and sunny and nice. And what better way to start the college baseball season? Fortunately, I'll be watching it on whatever the stream is for the, uh, you know, Western or West Coast Conference uh, Network. But, uh, yeah, it'll be a good start for the team and, and a pretty cool environment to see how they get rolling here in 2023. Let's uh, let's start with baseball. We'll get to some Husker football news. I know you, you have news on Alante Brown and Hunter Anthony. We'll, we'll get there in just a moment. But but overall, what's your, what's your takeaway uh, with Nebraska baseball as far as uh, Will Bolt, uh, the rotation, and specifically some of these pieces back trying to either have a bounce back or add to success. Do they, do they feel confident uh, beyond the, the image that's being presented? Do you think they, they can be for real this year? Well, it's an interesting sort of juxtaposition because I think the expectations internally are always pretty high, pretty consistent. I mean, they've, since the staff has been here, they have not been shy about the fact that their standard is to contend in the Big Ten and to be in the hunt to host an NCAA regional. And they haven't done that as a program since 2008, so that's a pretty high uh, starting point. But you sort of contrast that with what the national perception is, and you kind of look around at some of the different projections uh, you know, at the national level, and, and Nebraska's uh, right in that four, five, six range, depending on where you look. I, I personally think that they can be a top three or top four team in the league, and when I look at what Nebraska needs to do in 2023, uh, to me it hinges on how the offense comes together, because I can look at the pitching, and I think the coaches would agree, and, and you can objectively look at that and say, with Emmett Olsen and Jace Kaminska as your Friday and Saturday starters, uh, you've got one of the top one-two punches in the league, and then you, you bring in Caleb Clark, and we'll see what he can do as a true freshman. 
but they like what he does on Sunday. The depth in the bullpen is such that you still have multiple guys who are former Friday night starters, either at Nebraska or elsewhere, who are coming on in relief. Uh, you have a lot of options and experience there, so you feel pretty good about it. And defensively, you look at Nebraska's entirety uh, in the Big Ten. You go back 10, 12 years, they've always been at worst uh, average defensively and at best you know, a top 10 type unit um, that, that just is really strong in the field. So you expect that those two pieces will come together. To me, it's about what does that offense look like because uh, you know, it, it was a group that didn't hit very well last year. They didn't hit for much for power. Uh, they weren't clutch necessarily. They didn't have a ton of, of speed on the base paths. They couldn't bunt all that well. And so you look at some of the top pieces that are coming back, you would think Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews could rebound to what they were two years ago and, and take another step forward. You like what Garrett Anglin brings you in the outfield. And then you look at what they did in the transfer market, bringing in uh, you know guys like um, – Casey Burnham in center field, the Kansas transfer, who's going to be a real threat on the base paths. You look at uh, Dylan Carey being the everyday third baseman as a true freshman and how high uh, the staff is on him. You look at um, Charlie Fisher at first base or in the outfield, the transfer from Southern Miss. So you can kind of see how these pieces come together. And I'll be curious not only you know, do they score runs, but how do they score runs? Because I don't know that this is a group that's necessarily set up to mash 80 or 90 home runs the way that you see a lot of top teams doing, but can they put the pressure on the defense the way that some of the Nebraska's best teams have done? Can they be aggressive on the base paths, go first to third, take their walks? And I think if they can do that, and that's sort of the, the group to me that um, you know it can maybe take Nebraska from a good season to being one that contends for the Big Ten and get into a regional. Evan Bland with us from the World Herald uh, at Evan Bland OWH on Twitter. It's Hale Varsity Radio previewing Nebraska baseball. They get after it on Friday down in San Diego. And Evan, this team had just a ton of one-run losses last year. And that is the that is the sign of a of an it year for for pick a baseball team from any year. How were they in one run games? How were they in late innings? And is that just a, an execution talent thing, or is it a is it a mental thing to you? And do you think they can be they need to be better? Yes, but do you think they have the the ability to be better uh, after going through so many near misses last season? Yeah, the one-run game thing is interesting. I think it, it says a couple of things. I mean, first of all, your best teams in college baseball, honestly, they don't play a ton of one-run games. They, they win by a lot or they pull away, and there's just not a ton of drama you know, outside of maybe some of their bigger conference weekends. So I think the fact, when you think back to Nebraska last year, and they had a, a bunch of home games in midweeks in March, and they had some walk-offs and they had some losses, and it was just like it felt like sort of a red flag for what was to come there. And, and that, you know, had to do with the offense. It had to do with not necessarily being clutch. I think, you know, as much as anything, it had to do with the pitching injuries, though, that they had because they felt like that was a team that was going to be built from the back uh, toward the front where you had a guy like Jake Buns, you know, who was hurt, um, uh, multiple other relievers that they were counting on who went down or, or just, uh, you know, weren't able to stay on the field for whatever reason. And when you remove 
all those arms on the back end, it does. It, it, it exposes you a little bit. Um, you know, there's kind of this adage in college baseball that you really want to get to a team in like the sixth, the seventh inning, because most teams maybe have that high end arm in the eighth or the ninth, but it's hard to cover those middle innings. And that was really exposed, I think, with Nebraska last year, too, with some of the injuries that they had was they were putting guys out there after the starters maybe came out in the fifth or whatever uh, that were sort of having to learn on the fly. Or if they did go with their higher leverage arms, then uh, the eighth and the ninth became a little bit more of, a, of an adventure than they wanted it to be. So I think, you know, it, it sort of goes hand in hand where, again, right now they're healthy, knock on wood. There's depth there in the back end where they feel like if a starter can give you six, then they can hand that off seventh, eighth, ninth inning to maybe three different guys and feel pretty good about it. And you combine that again with an offense that can be, at the very least, average nationally. I think Nebraska is going to feel like it's going to be in a spot where it's either not in as many of those sort of situations or it'll be in position to win them uh, with, a, with a lead in the middle innings. Evan, last thought here on baseball before we switch gears and talk some Husker football. What does a successful opening weekend look like to you for this Husker baseball team? Well, the opponent on the other side is no slouch. I mean, San Diego went to a regional last year. They have a lot of their better pieces back. I think the strength of that team is probably on the hitting side, although they have a pretty good freshman class coming in, too. And you look at some of the the, uh, the rankings nationally on freshman classes and things like that. So, you know, to me, I think at worst you got to probably split it the weekend. Um, you know, both teams have announced their starters, and San Diego is putting out multiple guys who just have not been in those roles before. And so this is, a, I think, a good first, um, first blush kind of look at, at what Nebraska feels like it can be because we talked about what it looks like on paper. Well, this is the opponent to go out and, and put that into practice. If you have the advantage in terms of starters and, and certainly starting experience, and you can get a quality start out of those guys and hand it off to the bullpen, you would think Nebraska can be in some, you know, six to three type games uh, and, and feel pretty good about that. If you go one and three or, or you're struggling throughout, you know, I'll be curious to see why that would be, if, whether that's the offense just hasn't come on track or maybe it's a slow start for some of the pitchers. And, and, you know, sometimes you look at Nebraska openers historically, those first weekends are rough because they haven't been able to get outside. Well, they've been able to get outside quite a bit this year. And, that, and, and so I think that'll prepare them as well. But, you know, I, I, again, two and two, three and one is probably the window that you're looking at. Um, and if you can do that, looking good and, and start to build some confidence in what your strength is and build an identity in what you want to be, uh, then I think you're, you're off and running for, you know, again, a couple big weekends even after this opening one. Evan Bland, a couple more minutes with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Evan, uh, you have a story out. Uh, Alante Brown, Hunter Anthony no longer listed on the Nebraska roster. Uh, level of surprise, or maybe you're not. And, and secondly, you know, how, how big a loss do you think Alante is for the uh, wide receiver room? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think big picture, first of all, it's the first of what we are, you know, having to expect to be double-digit departures. I mean, you just look at the, the simple math of the thing when you have to get down to 85 scholarships. And, you know, even with these departures, Nebraska is still right around 100 you know, you start to look at what that's going to mean. Uh, a lot of that attrition is probably going to come as spring ball gets rolling and guys get a, a better sense of where they stand on depth charts and things like that. 
So, you know, I think there's a little bit of surprise maybe that those departures would happen now as opposed to after they get into some more football activities and have a chance to have the staff lay eyes on them and that sort of thing. You know, Hunter Anthony, first of all, uh, was a five-year guy. I think he could be an example of somebody who, again, has, has played a lot of college football and, and is maybe just ready for that next step in his life. I mean, he was a, uh, a special teams guy for Nebraska, started at right tackle against Purdue, so he had a little bit of a run there. Um, but, you know, sometimes guys want to move on. Brown is a little bit more of a surprising one, I would say, uh, just from the sense that, he, you know, he was a 2020 recruit, uh, sort of had grown into a bigger role in the offense, and you look at what they brought back outside of Marcus Washington, uh, he, he was sort of the resident veteran in that room. So, uh, you know, I think the door is still probably open to, to seeing what he could do, sort of the way that, that it's been phrased internally is that he's not enrolled this semester, and, and so you can kind of you know see where things go here over the course of the next few weeks and next few months, but if you were to leave, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a blow for for Nebraska. Brown was a high upside kid, you know, quarterback uh, out of Chicago in high school, really athletic, popular among his teammates. And you just think about the turnover at that wide receiver position the last handful of years. Um, anybody who's been in the program more than a couple of years is valuable just for the continuity that they can bring and the stability as well. So, uh, you know, we'll see how it ultimately turns out for him. But I think, again, the timing of leaving now with spring ball, you know, roughly a month away is probably the surprising part. You hit on it, high upside kid. You were just kind of waiting for more uh, from Elante Brown, and that's not a knock on him. You were waiting for more opportunity to be earned or, or given to him. Let's see him have a game where he catches the, uh, some passes, you know, let's, let's see seven targets, right? <laughs> Versus uh, a couple, three targets and go try to hurdle a Michigan defender and get a helmet to go, 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 <laughs> go pummel somebody on the edge for, for a bubble. Cause his edge blocking was, was, was fantastic. It was fantastic. And he's a guy that was the after the catch dude that could get you about seven to 10 yards. It felt like when they found him. So, his athleticism and versatility. I also look at you know Camp coming in uh, in that slot spot. I mean that that's gonna that's gonna take touches. And if I'm Alante, I see that room, uh, elders, statesmen or not, and I'll probably move on. Evan. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it, it's hard to say, right? Like in the portal era, there's so many different motivations and you know, I haven't talked to Alante. I don't I don't know if, if it's more of a competition based thing, if it's you know, some guys are just homesick, some guys want to leave. I mean you think about the Xavier Betts situation from last year, sometimes guys just are in a mental space where that's not the number one thing to them at that point in time. But, yeah, I mean, certainly from uh, when you look at, at, at what this receiver room is becoming with Billy Kemp there and, and Joshua Fleeks, who's worked with Matt Rule before. He's another veteran uh, as, a, as a guy who comes in as a transfer. And then you think of some of these freshmen who are either on campus or coming in, like Jaden Doss, Malachi Coleman, so on and so forth. Uh, you know, there's just a ton of upside moving forward. I still think 
there's a place for a guy like Alante Brown who's been on in on kickoffs and uh, you know found a way to contribute in a lot of different areas by all accounts. He's a high character kid. So I think, you know, I don't think this is a case where Nebraska is running him off. I think they would like to have him on the roster. And again, we'll see ultimately how it shakes out, but should he move on? Um, you know, it, it, I think it will be a loss for Nebraska, but, but maybe not one that they can't overcome with some of the bodies they're bringing into. Evan, uh, real quick, bud, what's coming up from you uh, with the World Herald? And again, good stuff today on baseball and football. Yeah, well, we're, uh, you know, baseball kicks off this weekend. Got a number of preview items coming up here. I have my own Big Ten projections. So anyone who's ready for sort of a download of what the Nebraska baseball team can be, uh, that'll be out here pretty soon uh also had a chance with a couple of my colleagues to chat with matt rule here recently so okay. we're going to have a little bit of uh an update on things here with off-season training and things of that nature too so uh you know it it, it feels like uh, there's never a, a dull moment around here i think that's certainly the case lots going on and, and hopefully people uh, enjoy and, and continue to read hey good stuff as always thanks for making time today evan thanks guys right, there he is evan bland with us Omaha World Herald at Evan Bland OWH on Twitter. Open phones next 20 minutes. Join us here on Hale Varsity presented by Currency.